Thank you for tuning into the Hope When There Was None podcast. And here we share stories to educate you, to empower you and inspire. So thank you for listening and tuning in. Please do me a favor and share if you have a favorite episode, or maybe you think somebody else that needs a dose of positivity and to maybe break open some of the darkness, let there be light. So thank you again for all of your support and encouragement. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, it's Melinda. Welcome. This is Melinda from Hope When There Was None. I'm coming to you live today to discuss the next topic in what is abuse. I've already covered financial abuse, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, and now I'm coming on with spiritual abuse. Now this is pretty big. This is a hot topic because so many women and men are trapped in uh, not only the cycle of abuse, but it, there's just so many variations of abuse. I had no idea. My mind was blown. So thank you for joining me today for this very powerful message that I'm going to bring you. Now, uh, if you haven't followed my story, I am a domestic violence survivor as well as a childhood abuse survivor. This kind of became my mission, my ministry, if you want to call it that. And for a long time, I ran from it. God just didn't stopped chasing me, kept pursuing me until I finally says, okay, I give, I'll go ahead and just share my story. <laughs> kind of like a toddler stomping her feet, just saying, no, no, I don't want to do this. There was a lot of shame in that. I didn't want people to, I was embarrassed. Uh, here I am almost 40 years old, not now, but at the time. And here I am uh, coming out as a uh, survivor of this, of this time in my life. And so I, I felt just very, very, like I didn't want to share. I, I just couldn't. I didn't feel that, but I finally gave in and relented and uh, went ahead and did it. And it's the best thing I've ever done. That's all I got to say. So let's kind of dive on in into spiritual abuse. Now I had a little bit of this, but there's so many victims out there that it's big. It's there's so much more to it. Now I'm going to cover, I think I have up to 21. Now, I might be wrong. I think my my numbers might be off, but I think I have around 20, anywhere between 18 to 20 different types of what a spiritual abuse can be like. So just bear with me a minute. I've got notes here. They're taped to my window so I can keep myself on track. Like many other types of abuse, spiritual abuse can be very hard to identify. It can show as um, a person, your abuser, using the Bible or other religious abuses as a weapon. Hey, Madge, uh, the abuser may force the victim to change religion. So let's say you are Catholic and you meet Mr. Wonderful or Ms. Wonderful and slowly but surely they start saying, hey, why don't you convert to um, becoming a Baptist or you get the picture. So it's a slow conversion. It's not like, boom, you meet this person. They say, okay, you're going to be Baptist today. It could, and I'm just saying Baptist just to use that, okay? I am Baptist, so not that it's saying that <laughs> anything wrong about Baptist. I'm just using that as an example. So it, it's not, none of these, none of these abuse practices are right away. There might be this feeling inside your tummy that you, you might see this person and just by them talking to you, you might feel that, hey, you know, I really need to leave this situation. And by the way, I do use him a lot. It could be interchangeable. Women can be abusers too. So there's my other disclaimer. So um, you might have these warning signs and you might push them down. You might have family or friends that kind of cheer you on to keep this relationship going because they're finally happy that you're in a relationship or they could have been badgering you to have a relationship with this person. And you might have known this person for all of your life 
and then find out that they're an abuser. It could be drugs, it could be alcohol that pushed them over the edge. Maybe they got hooked on um, prescribed medications. Opiates are very, addiction is very high in our culture right now, as well as alcohol. Um, but it could be Mr. or Mrs. Wonderful is great until they drink or they take this medication and it makes them all wonky. So anyway, let me get back on track. So they could use the Bible or religious books as a weapon. They can force your abuser, excuse me, the victim to change religions, or they don't allow them to practice their faith. They also may degrade the victim. You might have personal beliefs. As an example, I love to go to church. Uh, when I was with my ex, I loved to go to church, and I was very happy that I was able to start seeing um, us as a family unit at that time to go to church, and that was marvelous. Hey, Miss Amanda. Hi, Teresa. And I was so excited to have us as a family going, and then something happened. It went astray, and then all of a sudden, my church family that we both came to love was a cult. And he thought they were brainwashing me and uh, taking, trying to drive a wedge between us. And he just kind of, he threw my Bible in the toilet at one point in time. Wouldn't allow us to leave the house to go to church. So, I mean, that's a different type of spiritual abuse. I wasn't allowed to pray out loud. I wasn't allowed to read that Bible in his presence. I, or even to mention church members. I couldn't do that. So this person might degrade a victim and their personal beliefs, could force a victim to attend services. Again, if you're, not, if you're going to a religion and you aren't really um, keen on that, they might force you to attend those services. They might ask the victim or actually force the victim to participate in different traditions, celebrations, and events. Also for dress, they might, I keep wanting to say encourage because there's no encouragement. It's, it's usually their way or the highway, but they make comments about the way you're dressing. You might have to wear a long skirt. You might have to, even your appearance, you may not, not be able to wear makeup or have your hair short. It might have to be long. Um, again, there are some women that are okay with this. You might have to wear the head, head covering. It could be by the book. Bible or whatever religious beliefs that you follow, um, but you might have to follow that practice even though you don't want to. You may not be able to speak unless you've been spoken to. Also, you might have to have, um, they might force obedience in you. Very Old Testament, they might say that um, women are to be seen, not heard, kind of like children, or also that uh, you follow behind the male. And it's very much like a different culture that is Japan that they women usually follow. And correct me if I'm wrong or tell me if that's like antiquated. I'm not sure. But that's something I've heard before. So I myself, I did. I couldn't walk along my partner. I had to follow behind him because he was my leader. So that's what I had to do. Now, also, the abuser uses this religion as an authoritarian on God. He's like, I am it, a woman, I am the authoritarian. This is God's truth, God's word, and you will follow that. Abuser also uses shame, guilt, coercion, and control, brainwashing, and violence to keep the victim in check. They also might restrict medical care and attention that you need for yourself and your children. Medical planning, excuse me, family planning as well. You may want to not have any more kids, but your partner might say, well, this is in the Bible. You have to do it this way. I'm the man of the house. You have to do it like I'm saying. They also might force relations on you. 
especially if you're physically unwell, there were many times I didn't want to do what I had to do, my womanly duty, but my partner forced me to do that. Even though like after birth, as an example, you're supposed to sustain from having relations for six to eight weeks. Well, my partner, I think it was my second child, needing care. He wanted to take it because that was my wifely duty. I was supposed to do that. So he would also, or they, I'm sorry, they could also criticize or twist scripture. Do you know anybody that does that? You know, give me a show of hands there. If you know somebody that criticizes or twists scripture to accommodate what they believe or what they think is right, they also might for use children. And especially if it's a satanic kind of situation or a witchcraft, they might use children in some sort of ritual um, sacrifices. There are religions, excuse me, uh, witchcrafts, mainly satanic, that use children for sacrificing. And I know I'm diving into a little bit of the deep and dark end, but this stuff is true, guys, and this stuff happens. There are, are things, and I'm not going to, I'm getting the, the chills here. I don't want to dive too deep into that, but you get the picture. These things do happen. There are satanic there is satanic ritual abuse too. Um, I do have a few survivors of that that I've asked to come on to be a guest to share more about that since I don't have any background in that, but I know they would like to come forward and share their story sometime this year. They also might believe in polygamy. You know, many wives. I had a sister wife, guys. I did. It was, it was short-lived. I left. I was just like, oh, I'm not having any of that. But I did. I had one for a little while. Now, while all this craziness is going on, your abuser still might blame you for everything that goes wrong in the relationship. It's because you are maybe lesser than a man. God created you sinful. You ate that apple. Also, uh, you might be unclean. Those are a couple different things that they might be thinking or using. Now, I don't take any of this. I know I'm kind of chuckling here. None of this is to be taken lightly. This is very serious. Any abuse is very serious, and I don't take it lightly. But there comes a time where you will feel confident and you're healing that some of these things, you will look at them and kind of laugh like, oh my gosh, why did I live this way? Or really, he really or she really thought this way? And it's, it's kind of goofy and you're not at that place yet. If so, again, just ignore me. It'll come. It will. Now, they also might isolate the victim. In any abusive case, it seems that this is something that is the norm across all boards. They do isolate the victim or only allow you to associate with people that, of their choosing. Now, this could be a church or religious members, but that's all you're allowed to hang out with and talk to. It, it might be that you can only do it when this person is in the room because they want to make sure that you're not telling them something that's going on behind closed doors. The victim is unable to talk or look at men. I couldn't look or talk at men. If there was a man coming my way and we're walking down the street as I'm walking behind my husband, I had to make sure that my eyes were pointed down. I couldn't look at the man or even smile or say, hey, good morning. I couldn't do that. I wasn't allowed to. Uh, you may only, excuse me, you might not be able to participate in spiritual spiritual activities. Perhaps you want to really want to pray in the morning and your partner says no, or you want to journal or read your Bible. You might not be able to, or they might force you to read different scriptures or whatever according to their will. You might not be able to kind of go around. There is a lady, and I'm sorry if I'm telling your story out I'm not going to mention her name, but she had to read certain scripture, and I think this went on for hours. Um, please message me privately if that was you, and I can get it right. Also, there might be restrictions on your di dietary 
have rules there might be you might only be able to uh, let's say uh, because pork and unclean meats were really bad in the old testament yeah, for a good reason but now in the new testament hey you can do that your partner might say no you can't have pork no pork at all no bacon Ooh. no bacon to for you this could be something that they don't allow you to do now we as as victims, sometimes we just kind of go with the flow. And again, these things happen slowly. It doesn't happen right away when you meet this person. Again, this person could be so ingrained in the church that they are stellar, an elder in the community, and people might actually look up to this person and think that you're so lucky. But little do they know behind closed doors, many of these things that I just mentioned might be going on or worse. So um, these are just a few things on the subject of spiritual abuse. It's more than just than what you think. As I'm diving into these, I'm realizing it's a lot more. There, There's probably at least another 10 or 20 things that I don't have on the list. If anybody wants to message me privately, I can update any of these. If you are experiencing them, I'll be happy to. And um, we are going to dive into another subject next week. And I almost feel disheartened to have to do this, um, to do any of these things. But it's out here. It's... A fact in the matter that these things happen and good things happen excuse me bad things happen to good people and to spread awareness and education that abuse is not just being slapped around that abuse has many facets to it and spiritual abuse is a big one and even though your abuser I have some ladies saying oh well he just you know is the head of the household and there's you know I think it's kind of a spiritual abuse but that's it when you dive deeper into a lot of these things you will realize that your abuser has a lot of these other things going on they might also be verbally abusing you they could be mentally or emotionally abusing you as well it's not just one usually there's at least two or three more other things that this person is doing to you well this is melinda i appreciate you tuning on and thank you so very much and if you can please help me in my ministry by spreading awareness just hit the share button it just takes about a second i'd really appreciate that if there's anything you need even if it's just for me to pray for you i'm happy to do so or if you just need someone to share your story i promise I'll be happy to. It's there's anonymity. I won't share this with everybody or on a video and mention your name. Um, but we do have a group. It's Hope When There Was None. That's my private group. Excuse me. And uh, we share information about self-love, self-care, kind of building up your, your ego, not ego, your, um, Ms. Teresa, you probably know what I'm talking about, building your self-esteem back up, that sort of thing. Uh, and it's, it's just a great community of ladies that have come in and shared their stories and kind of embraced one another. And I'm just tickled about how many friendships are there and connections. It's been marvelous. So if you're looking for support, please join that group. And it's open to anybody, any denomination, any walk of life, any age. Um, it doesn't have to be physical abuse. It could be sexual abuse. It could be a toxic work environment maybe you've had a divorce suffered a miscarriage anything it's for emotional traumas as well but this is melinda signing off for this week and i will see you next week thanks for tuning in and stay safe bye